Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us here on a special edition of Questions and answers as we talk with Alcorn Athletics Director Derek Corn. We talk to him from time to time, whether it's in the summer at Football Media Day, spring, summer, always a lot happening in the world of athletics. And this time is no different as we wrap up the month of January. He joins us here to talk about basketball, spring sports, and of course now that the 2018 Alcorn football schedule has been released, got a chance to talk to him about that as well. Mr. Horn, we appreciate you coming on. No problem, th- uh, Charles. Thanks for having me on. It's always an exciting time. There's never a dull moment in, in the world of athletics. You're always busy. Uh, during this time of years, we wrap up the month of January for the most part and get in the month of February. What's what's on your agenda these days? Well, you know, athletics is an ongoing uh, uh, entity. So uh, if you're not getting ready for one sport and closing it out, you're starting one and in uh, getting that one rolling. Spring is probably our busiest season because of the number of sports that we do have. And uh, we're just excited about the progress they're making. Uh, Some records don't show, but you can see the progress. Uh, And we're excited about uh, how we're going to go into this this spring. And hopefully some conclusions on some seasons are going to be very favorable for us. Yeah, the assumption is that in the fall you have football, which takes up a lot in August, September, October, November, and in our case, in December, then basketball kind of starts on the back end of the fall of the fall term. But this, obviously, with a bunch of sports starting in the spring, soft, softball, baseball, basketball's in full swing, you know, obviously a busier time. Well, you know, you also have a fall season for golf and track. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, you not in the golf and track, but golf and tennis. So you can stay very busy, and you always just uh, have to realize that it is a process that uh, is uh, ever-evolving and just making sure that we can give our student-athletes the best experience they can have is, uh, is our focus and our goal. Well, let's talk about football. Obviously, just been released, the uh, 2018 Alcorn football schedule. We kind of held up our, our, our interview because we wanted to kind of coincide with the releasing of the schedule. Now that the schedule is out, fans have had a chance to look at it, and kind of maybe a lot of folks have started their travel plans. We've got a, a road trip to Atlanta going to Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is 45 minutes outside of El Paso, to play uh, New Mexico State, Louisiana College uh, coming here, Texas Southern coming here. So just talk about the schedule and, and, and putting it all together. I know it's January by the time we release it. A number of other teams releasing their schedules around this time. Was this year more challenging than other years in terms of putting putting this schedule together? Well, I wouldn't say this schedule, but I would say uh, the challenge that you have, you've gone from nine conference games to seven conference games. So you have to find four non-conference games and uh, what uh, is challenging to understand is these games are done four and five years out so when we dropped two conference games we were behind the eight ball in finding non-conference games because they had already been uh, they'd already been uh, uh, taken 
we had some we had an institution that we thought we were going to have prior to the end of the football season. My desire was to put the schedule out at the end of the football season, but they decided to go in a different direction. Uh, uh, and we also have to wait till we get our executed contracts. Uh, I'm not going to put a schedule out, and Dr. Rankins does not want us to put a schedule out unless we have all executed contracts in hand, stating that those games are officially going to happen. So uh, we want to err on the side of caution, and we just want to make sure that when we put a schedule out, it is befitting of what direction we're going in, but also, too, all executed contracts are in-house. We've talked about this before with the conference you know, going to the seven games as compared to the nine games, and this is down to the second year of this process. It Has it been a challenge over the last year or so in trying to execute those games and juggling the schedule? Well, I think the biggest thing that you have as well is the conference office has to work with us in who already has contracted games, who already has those games that are classics or the permanent games. And even with us in Jackson State, our game is always going to be uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So when you try and get everybody scheduled together with 10 different teams and then you're trying to find a way yourself to juggle when that schedule is going to hit and then how you can schedule the other games, it, it, it can be a little challenging. But, you know, as I stated, we, we uh, had someone on the, uh, you know, hopefully we hoped that they would have been uh, able to you know, to, to complete the partnership. But, you you know, I can understand their predicament. But also, too, my desires are trying to do this close to the end of football season that I can. Yeah. It just so happened that this year that we didn't, we weren't able to execute that contract. And But we were able to partner with Louisiana College, too. This will be our second time playing them. Uh, close proximity. They did bring some fans. They have a new coach over there, uh, Justin Charles, who's a great guy. Uh, and we're looking forward to, to uh, entertaining them when they come over. Well, let, let's talk about the schedule. We'll start off with Georgia Tech, and we played them before in, in, in Atlanta. So the season will start in Atlanta, and we hope at the end of the day, the 2018 season will end in Atlanta and with the, with the celebration both everything falls the right way. So talk about getting an ACC school. I know you're familiar with SEC country as well, trying to put a game like that together in Georgia Tech. Well, I think the thing that our fans need to realize is that people realize – Alcorn is, a, is a, a, a quality program. And a lot of times they call us more over them than we call them. So what we have to do is see how it fits. Even with New Mexico State, they reached out to us. Uh, so uh, I, I think we're in a great position as it re- relates to we travel well. We're very supportive. Our fans are very engaging. Uh, I had so many great compliments from the last time we played Georgia Tech that it was a uh, no-brainer for them to see uh, if we would be available this year. Uh, for the New Mexico State uh, game. Uh, in athletics, you hope that young men and young women can have some great experiences. And I think that going to New Mexico, a different part of the country, having an opportunity to do, have those experiences, those uh, those uh, those areas in the geographical landscape that they'll see, uh, it's an educational opportunity as well. So uh, that's what we look at. How can we have a competitive a- a- uh, atmosphere, but also to give our student-athletes a lasting impression. You know, I've been there several times. We played many a basketball game there, many a basketball tournament there, and we played a football game over there once before. It's 45 minutes outside of El Paso, Texas, right on that uh, Texas-New Mexico border, so I'm familiar with it. 
Uh, so that I think, again, you know, for those who want to drive, it's a pretty long drive, straight shot on interstate, but it's still a, a great part of the country at, at a pretty good time of the year. Yes, you know, at that time of the year, it's always going to be nice weather. So, <laughs> no, but we just, you know, uh, scheduling, you want to make sure it be as favorable as you can for your team. Uh, uh, I think we were blessed this year uh, to have an opportunity in the open week before we play Jackson State. That's a big game. It's a, a very big game, and it gives us an opportunity to go through the season. I'm not going to say it's not as challenging, but I think that the first couple of games give us an opportunity to really see what we are. And then as we get into the meat of the conference, that gives us an opportunity to continue that growth. And then when we get ready to play our, 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 our intrastate rival, we have a week off before that game to prepare for that game because that, you know, it's, it's two games that these coaches know they need to win. That's Southern and Jackson State. Yeah. So we're just hoping that this can be a benefit for us as we go into that game. Well, as we put a, kind of put a cap on the non-conference side of it because it's always intriguing to me and as I follow the other teams in the league and, and who they play, the UNLVs, the Louisiana Monroes, Louisiana Techs, the two lanes that are kind of in close proximity in terms of what, what we look at as well. What do you look at in terms of your non-conference opponents? And I, I tease folks, if if a power SEC school called and provided a big-time money guarantee to play Alcorn State University, is it about the money as much? Is it about the experience and the exposure as you've talked about? How do you balance that out, the monetary aspect of it? You want to play and give the experience, but at the same time, you have to keep things in perspective. You want to keep it as solid as you can for conference. Well, the thing that you want to do first and foremost is you want to have as many non-conference games, particularly if you have to travel, in an area where your fans can travel to first. That, that's, that's the first thing. Uh, and then secondly, uh, one thing that we keep in mind, particularly as FCS institutions and HBCUs, is you take a look at the landscape of the dollars that are going into the Power Fives. Power Fives aren't playing that many FCSs anymore. So your smaller... FBS programs are getting guarantees, and then we're kind of getting left out. So that's why sometimes you might see a New Mexico State or some others, depending on what might be available at that time. But I think as our, our fans will see in future scheduling, you'll see that we're fitting toward the regional close proximity games where our, tra- our fans can go, some in destination locations, you know, so that people can make a weekend of it as well. And you talked about it earlier, the fact that teams are calling, programs are calling you for games as compared to maybe some of our other teams are kind of scrambling and trying to get those big money games. The fact that we're kind of in demand and people are looking at our fan base, how we travel. How important is that when these you think as these FBS teams are looking at playing at FCS teams? Well, I think it's very important. You know, and then also, too, you have to take a look at uh, there's a certain percentage of your scholarships that have to be funded for the kids on the field. And that dictates your money as well, you know. So by having, uh, you know, our, our football program, you know, uh, funded at the rate that they are, it helps us as well because you have some schools that get less money or might not have an opportunity to play the FCS if they don't meet that percentage of uh, funded players on the field. Yeah. So uh, we're in a good position because of, you know, the way that the program is funded, particularly football, the demand is out there. And then also, too, uh, just that uh, our fan base, you know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's so unique. I went to the Celebration Bowl, and there were so many people that were saying, hey, we would put, you know, they, our fan base is just as popular as our football team, you know, because they know that we do travel. 
They know that our, our fan base is very supportive, and, and that plays a big role into individuals wanting to uh, invite you over to participate in guaranteed games, other games like that. We're with Alcorn Athletics Director Derek Horn. So as we look ahead to the schedule, dig into it a little bit more. You talked about Louisiana College. I mean, a school located in Alexandria, you know, two, two hours from here. So, and they, and when they were here before, they brought a pretty decent crowd. So, it, you know, trying to find those kind of games in which their fan base will come, our fan base will be there. It's our first home game. Uh, that says a lot, too. Well, I think those are the things you have to take a look at because it's economic opportunity as well. <laughs> you know, um, that's why we need our fans at every game. You know, we need our fans at uh, the Louisiana College to the Jackson State. All five games, our home side needs to be filled. Uh, and, and we need to overflow to the visitor side. Uh, it takes a lot to run programs. And because we're a state-funded institution, it's a trickle-down effect. When the budget is impacted by the state to the university, it trickles down to all of our departments. So every person that can buy a ticket, come in purchase season tickets, support the team, helps us have that tipping point and that winning edge to be better. So if we're playing Louisiana College, the stands need to be full. When we're playing Texas Southern, the stands need to be full. When we're playing Alabama State, they need to be full. we play playing and they need to be full. And we play Jackson State, we need to be bursting at the seams. And if we do that, that helps our athletic department. Also, when you look at the SWAC games where we are, and one of the big questions on social media that's been asked already, we have Texas Southern coming here, and just like last year, it's a SWAC team, but it won't count in our seven. Well, that's happened before. Right. You know, and what uh, A.D. McClellan and I did as we were taking a look at it, there's some natural opportunities that need to be a part of what we do. You know, our fan base loves to go to Houston, Texas, and not only for the for our, our conference, I mean, conference games, the games that we play there, but also, too, for the championship that was there at that time. Uh, so having a game where we either play Texas Southern or Prairie View helps us out because that satisfies our fan base in that part of, of, of our conference. But I think also, too, just some commonalities that we have is, is uh, as conference members, uh, we're helping each other out. You know, because we both do know that it's hard to find games. And particularly when that schedule shifts, as I said earlier, when we were only looking for two games, now you're looking for four. And that dynamic almost triples the challenges you're going to have because um, everybody else has been able to schedule out maybe five years. So when your schedule changes, that changes your whole dynamic. Right now we're waiting on the 19th schedule. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we can make sure we can get that and go ahead and get that in the books. And then moving forward to know what 2021, 22, and 23 will be, then we can get our schedules done so much faster. One of the things I noticed about the schedule this year compared to years past is Mississippi Valley. You know, we're, we've been accustomed to playing Valley on the back end of the schedule. Mm-hmm. This year we play Valley on the front end, have the bye week before Jackson State where mm-hmm. we're playing Valley around that time. Talk about how that, how that worked out for this year. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. When the conference had to try and accommodate everybody's contracts and try to accommodate the, the, the conference as a whole, 
there were some juggling. And you might see, well, we might be playing teams that we played earlier, we played later, some we played later that we played earlier, you know. Uh, and I think that's just the, you know, the the challenges that we're going to run into. We used to play Alabama State early. Yeah. So it fell later. You know, so the biggest thing of it is is that we know who our seven conference games are. We uh, now have our schedule so our fans can be very familiar with, the, with which, which games we have. Our desire is in the near future to go ahead and have when homecoming and some of the other games will be so we can get that out and everybody have a good understanding of when uh, uh, those get key games that they like to put on their calendars will, will be scheduled. And, of course, you, you, it was announced that homecoming, the date and opponents yet to be determined. So mm-hmm. so that that's something that you'll be working through as we go along. Yes, yes. We're with Alcorn Athletics Director Derek Horn. So what excites you about this upcoming schedule? I mean, a trip to Atlanta, New Mexico State, a bunch of home games, Louisiana College. What excites you about this upcoming schedule? Well, I think the thing that we have is uh, an opportunity to to uh, do well, you know, to come in and, and – uh, I feel that, you know, we're still in those progresses of steady elevating our program. And uh, I feel that uh, just like I did last year, last year I thought every every game on there was a winnable game. And playing FIU was, a, you know, was a close game. Playing McNeese was a close game. You know, so those non-conference games, you know, uh, that uh, option that uh, Georgia Tech runs is going to be challenging for us, but it's going to be a great experience. Yeah. You know, I think what helps and see – you can see how we rebounded a couple of years ago after that first game and then how we went into the next couple of games. It gave us, gave us a little bit more of what the speed of the game is, and we went on to make it back to Atlanta. You know, so um, we're just excited to have an opportunity to play on that platform. Uh, there's a strong possibility there will be a TV game, so it gives us more exposure. Uh, and uh, give our alumni in Atlanta an opportunity to, to, to host us as they've done and done so well and, and make it a big Labor Day weekend. You know, so um, Louisiana College is going to be uh, – they're in a rebuilding stage with a new coach. So, you know, Texas Southern the same way Haywood going in and rebuilding. You know, so I take a look at the games that we have coming and, you know, Valley with a new coach. I think that we just need to keep doing what we do better yeah. and keep improving. Uh, and if we do that and when we do that, I think we have a good season. And I've been associated with this conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, since 1986. And I can't remember a year. You hear the winds of change. I can't remember an off season where there was so much change. And first-year head coaches, Valley, Bama State, A&M, Prairie View. Uh, and so when you look at that, UAPB, mm-hmm. obviously, with mm-hmm. Cedric Thomas being named the head coach there, the winds of change in SWAC football is here. Well, I'll tell you what you're going to take a look at, too. Expectations are higher. You know, in the past, you might have a coach that stays there for years and years, and, and, and you know, uh, with the expectations of our fans, of uh, the universities and institutions, expectations are high. So, uh, you know, you take a look at Monty Coleman, the UAPB, he's a few years ago from being Spike uh, champion. But it's, it's what kind of progress are you making, so... Uh, I, I do think that the quality of play and the quality of coaches is improving. Uh, just as I say, the leadership in our conference from the chancellors and presidents to the ADs, uh, you know, I think we have a great collection of individuals that understand the direction that we need to go in and are ready to move in that direction collectively and together. So uh, I'm excited for 18, uh, and I do think that there are some new coaches in some places that are going to, gonna, uh, you know, uh, going to make this uh, – an exciting year. 
And, of course, the winds of change are here at the top, too, with the new commissioner that will be named at, at some point in time. So that's something that, obviously, a lot of folks are talking about and looking at. Well, I think, you know, um, when you have longevity in a position, uh, from time to time, it needs to be some evolution, some change. And, and we're there at that point now, but our conference is a very marketable conference. Our conference, uh, uh, I was over at the Celebration Bowl and. uh Bill Hayes, who went in to the Hall of Fame from North Carolina, North Carolina A&T, he made a statement that resonates. He stated that the MEAC needs to take a page from the SWAC when you take a look at how many black college football Hall of Fame members the SWAC has. Uh, and it speaks volumes. So, you know, there's so much that we do have that, that, uh, that can be leveraged. We're looking for the new leadership in that conference to take us to where we need to be. This, this befitting uh, of what the SWAC represents. Of course, we'll be following that as well. And you talk about change, the winds of change as we transition into SWAC basketball. We're halfway through. Uh, Lady Bray's on a winning streak. They've won four straight, and the men have won a couple in a row as as they try to move up in the standings. And, it, and following SWAC basketball this year it just tells you, to me, you look at the standings on the men's side, one player can make a difference, especially when he's not around. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern, they're without their top point guard. Of course, for us, Reginald Johnson went down, is out for the season. Uh, so you, you look at that situation, Paris Collins of Jackson State, one player makes a difference. We're getting healthier and we're getting better. So you look at the men, we want a couple in a row with three in a row coming up, beginning uh, with Southern on Saturday. Well, I think the thing you take a look at is not how you start, it's how you finish. And, and if you see some of the things that our men's program did last year. They were strong in, 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 you know, in the, the final seat, final couple of weekends. So um, I, I was very pleased with the Alabama and them game, but I was very pleased with the Alabama State game. It was, a, it was a complete game. It was 40 minutes, and they played the ball that, you know, that, that, that we knew they could play. Missing Reginald Johnson was key. There are very few people, even – when you take a look at out, you know, when you take a look at uh, the SWAC, not that they're one and done, but we get so many JUCO transfers that come in and, and transfers from other institutions. Reginald Johnson might have been one of the few that was going to be a four-year player, and that, that speaks volumes. You know, he's been through the war. He's been through the trenches. Nothing phases him. And when you take him out of the equation and you try and find who's going to be that go-to player, it takes a while. But I think they're coming around. I think I think the offense is clicking a lot better. On our women's side, the thing that they were missing was just those shots falling. And they're falling <laughs> they're falling like crazy now. And when they played Alabama State, you would have swore there were nine white jerseys. That the, the, the defense is playing. They're playing with enthusiasm, and they're playing with a sense of urgency. And it makes a difference. So, you know, I, I, I'm – I'm, I'm, I was worried a little at the beginning of the year, but as we move forward, how both of them are really improving and then they're, they're maximizing their talents. Uh, you know, on the women's side, the thing that they have is just their quickness and uh, the number of scores they have. You know, uh, Ms. Russian, if she was 6'3", she would be a killer. Yeah. But, you know, she's not as tall, but she handles that inside better than most people I've seen. So, um our women's players do what they do, and they do it well, and they're unselfish. Our men's players are coming around now to where they're getting a feel for where their roles are. It's tough, you know, when you go through going through the summer, going to Puerto Rico, going through all that preseason practice, and then when you get into the 
first part of the season, the player that you've been counting on goes down. Yeah. Now who's going to be the next person up? Yeah. And I think now we're seeing more than one person step up, and, and I'm excited to see how we're going to close out this season. And one thing that, that pleases me about what's happening in men's and women's basketball, the parity you know, on the men's side has been Texas Southern the last few mm-hmm. years from, from start to finish, from wire to wire. Texas Southern has struggled. They're without their top player for right now. Grambling's gotten hot. Jackson State, they were undefeated until Grambling came mm-hmm. in there and beat them. Uh, UAPB, a team that had been down the last two or three years, they're undefeated. We're right, th- you know, if we get hot on this little road swing here, we'll be right in the thick of it. The Bama teams are, are there. So it's not just one team on the men's side that we're talking about. We could talk about five teams potentially that could have a shot at winning the regular season. And the parity, you just never know. And then on the women's side, we're right there with our four-game winning streak. We beat Southern. The women's race is wide open where any number, maybe five teams, vying for the regular season championship. Well, I think when you take a look at it in the next two weeks, you're going to see you, – you, you, you will start seeing how it's going to fall out. Yeah. Uh, our, our women went from being almost like eighth, seventh and eighth in two weeks to being third or fourth. Yeah. You know, so with parity that happens. But then also, too, you got to make sure that you make it through this whole season injury-free, uh, mishap-free, and having fun. You know, and and what I look at is when I look on the floor or the field or wherever our young people are, if they're not smiling and happy, it's going to be tough to win because you need to enjoy playing the game. You know, and now when you see – them, the excitement, the bench is excited. You know, the fans are getting into the game. Then that lets you know that, hey, everything is clicking like it should. We'll talk about now as we get into the meat of the uh, spring semester with basketball, as we mentioned, football schedule out. Talk about what we can expect here in the next 30 to 60 days. What are some of the things that you're focusing on? Well, you know, we got, we're starting baseball and softball off. So Coach Richardson and Coach Rankins are, Rankin are getting ready to, 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 to move into uh, their seasons, Coach Rankin, you know, has done well in his his three years being here, and 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 I'm excited for him because I think now, from where he's come from to where he is now, he has put this program in position to be not only competitive but to 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 have that long lasting uh, success through the year. Uh, Coach Richardson came in and had to do some some house cleaning, but I do think that when you see uh, the young men, how respectful they are, how respectful they are to him and to the program. And, you know, Charles, you call those games. We're one or two pitches away. Really, if we can find out, you know, you, you're almost in softball and baseball, you're just as good as your pitchers. And, you know, I think our coaches are going out to try and address those things. But if we can – hitting this hadn't been the issue for us. It's the pitching and closing. So, I think the coaches have addressed those things, and, and, and I look forward to some exciting times for them, you know, and uh, just to have those two coaches that work well together but also work well with their programs is is, uh, is a good field to have as an administrator. We're not that far away from the uh, football signing party and signing day, the first Wednesday in February. Looking forward to uh, talking with Coach McNair and the rest of the signees. And then, of course, Coach filling out his staff. That, that'll be something he'll be talking about as well. Yeah, well, Coach is, you know, he's actively uh, working to, to make sure that he gets the staff in that's going to be uh, ready and, and, and in place to move the program where he wants it to go. So uh, I think the signing day is going to be unique because we've already signed some people in the, in the spring and the fall. So I think this is going to be a unique signing day because 
you know, the anticipation would always come up to the freshmen, but we did have a chance to sign some freshmen early. It usually was just junior college. But we're excited about it because then that gives Coach a chance to know what his team is going to look like, get his coaches in, and get ready for spring practice. You know, spring game being a week earlier this year, uh, April 14th, uh, we're going to still try and have our alumni football game. We're going to have our cook-off activities for our young people. And if I'm not mistaken, we're going to have softball and baseball, maybe with games that weekend as well. So what we're trying to do is make that spring game like a spring homecoming and continue to grow that. You know, uh, So last year we sold a number of season tickets. During that time, we're going to try and do the same thing this year. Uh, so uh, we're just trying to make the – anytime somebody crosses – the gate and come on campus when it comes to an athletic uh, event. We want to make it a great experience. Alcorn Athletics Director Derek Horn joining us. We really appreciate you taking your time out to talk about the schedule and all things Alcorn Athletics. But Charles, I appreciate uh, the time and I also appreciate what you do for us. And, and uh, uh, I was talking to a colleague the other day and they talked about how well that you represent the university and, and what you do for us. So we appreciate that. Appreciate you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.